Welcome to the In His Image podcast, a series from Christian Concern with me, Paul Huxley, and Ben John. We'll be looking at questions raised by the book In His Image by Stephen McCoy and seeing from the Bible how God's design for humanity is good news for individuals and society. In today's episode, we're looking at the issue of abortion, and we're going to be reading Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16. So Ben, can you read for us? For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So now we've moved on from some of the general topics in the previous um, podcasts. And this time we're looking at just abortion from those verses. And we are asking, what can we learn from these verses about unborn children? And how might this passage shape our views on abortion? So if you'd like to pause and think about that, now's your chance. Ben, do you want to get us going? What can we learn from these verses about unborn children? Absolutely. So over the last few episodes, we've been considering about how we as individuals are made in the image of God and how wonderful that is. And what we see in this psalm is the application of that truth that we are made in the image of God to the unborn child, that God is carefully, fearfully and wonderfully making the unborn child. We read in verse 13, he is knitting us together in our mother's womb. The unborn child, God is working and developing and making those children, those babies everywhere around the whole world. Every woman who's pregnant right now, God is involved with in shaping and forming that unborn child. And it's interesting, we see here this sense of planning by God. He's intimately involved in the process of creation. It's his handiwork. Uh, We read in in Ephesians 2 about how we are God's handiwork made for good works. And we see that reflected here. We're made by God and he's ordained our days in his book. Yeah, those images of knitting and weaving are just so personal aren't they um it it's that intense and uh, intimate involvement with with what's going on i think that um really shines from those verses um it's one thing to know that god has made us it's another thing to feel it and i think that the knitting um you know it reminds you of of, of your grandmother or something weaving away or um or doing these kinds of things um in the sitting room. And interestingly, I think there's something about, and I think we forget this, that God is as involved in our own creation as he was involved with Adam's. We we sometimes think, okay, God created Adam and Eve. Um, and then that kind of really just started a, a conveyor belt of everyone else since then, because obviously man and woman procreate. But actually what we see here is that, yes, whilst Uh, children are born by a a, a man and a woman coming together, we see that the actual process of creation, that development 
of the unborn baby, God is still intimately involved. So this isn't God's intimate involvement in creation isn't something reserved just for Adam and Eve. It's something for each and every single one of us. Yeah, when we think about the abortion debate in um, in our society today, we have this question of when is there a person there? When is this uh, developing child now a person who should be protected? And, and what you have here in these verses is you have an I. You know, I praise you because I am fearfully, wonderfully made. You know, my frame, my unformed body, the the being that is in the mother's womb is the same person as who is writing these verses. And that speaks to our current debate on when does someone become a person? Well, um, it's the same person before you go through the magical birth canal as it is afterwards. Yeah, most certainly. Well, at conception, we all each have our own unique individual DNA. In fact, there's there's no real consistent position one can hold for so-called personhood starting any other, other, other way. So in the New Testament, you have this famous incidence where um, Mary meets her cousin Elizabeth and you have John the Baptist in the womb of Elizabeth jumping for joy at the presence of Mary and not just the presence of Mary, but of the baby Jesus inside Mary. So you can not only say that there is a, an unborn baby jumping for joy and therefore a person at, the, at that point. Um, but you can also say that, well, hang on, Jesus is there inside Mary's womb. And so however young Jesus would have been at that point, Jesus is a person, recognisably a person by John the Baptist from within the womb. So you can definitely say that um, the unborn children should be protected um, from the earliest stage. And interesting about that passage the word used for baby there, brephos, is the same word used in Luke 2 um, when the angels are speaking to the shepherds, talking about you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. It's the, it's the same word there. So the same biblical word brephos is used for John the Baptist in the womb and for describing Jesus outside the womb. Um, and yeah, often we, we, we sometimes, and Christmas is a wonderful time, um, but the incarnation starts before Christmas when Jesus is conceived and i think sometimes we think oh you know jesus, christmas is when jesus came when we know it starts earlier than that so let's move on to our second question how might this passage shape our views on abortion we've already talked about it a little bit but um but what are your thoughts on that ben well one of the things that really jumped out at me is verse 14 um not just that we're fearfully and wonderfully made but your works are wonderful and I think abortion really is about saying God's works are not wonderful. We should play God, intervene. You know, the womb, in a sense, is God's workshop where he is forming and knitting us together. And abortion is saying, I'm going to come into God's workshop because what he's doing is not good. Forming a child, developing this human being who's made in his image is not a good work. God's works are not wonderful. That is what abortion is really saying. In fact, we often talk about in society unplanned pregnancies and unexpected pregnancy, but every baby, every pregnancy was planned by God. 
to God, there is no such thing as an unexpected pregnancy. Yeah, and if we think about the unborn baby as a person, then abortion is not healthcare. Abortion aims at destroying a person. So in our contemporary debate, then lots of people say, well, abortion is just a, it's just a matter of women's health care. And we cannot, as Christians, be content with that. It may, in some cases, uh, genuinely be a, a case of uh, the mother's health. And there may be cases when a treatment is purely aimed at saving the mother and sadly, but unintentionally, leads to a baby's death. That's different. But we're talking about the vast majority of abortions where that's not in mind. Um, where abortion is for social reasons and is aimed to prevent a baby from being born that then has to be cared for, obviously. Well, yeah, absolutely. I think that I think it's about 98% of abortions are put down for um, so-called mental health of the mother, which really are social reasons. And in essence, those are basically illegal according to the current uh, law on abortion. Um, and But to say that or to expose that really... Um, doesn't cause the um, the backlash that it should. But that's why there's this current push by the pro-abortion advocates to um, completely decriminalise abortion and allow abortion for any reason up to women under the banner of We Trust Women campaign. There are over 200,000 abortions every year um, in England. And I wonder whether we truly believe it's wrong because surely we would do more about it it clearly hasn't filtered down. Maybe it's a theoretical belief for most of us, but it clearly hasn't filtered down into our actions. Yeah, the one thing you have to take from this is the seriousness of this as an issue. You know, we at Christian Concern deal with lots of issues that we think are all important. But if we just take it step by step and we go, hang on, unborn children are people and they're being intentionally killed for social reasons then we have to take this as incredibly serious um, and something that we ought to be very energetically working towards abolishing so this is a hugely serious issue I, I mean it's probably the the greatest justice issue of our time but we always need to remember uh, that hope and grace and forgiveness that we have in the gospel Romans 8.1 is clear, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And this is why it's so important that churches speak about this, speak about this not in a condemning way, but speak about it in the context of the cross. There are almost undoubtedly going to be women in our churches who have had abortions, both women and men. And so what we need to make sure we're doing is speaking the gospel to them. Have you had an abortion? Know that Christ died even for that. He died for my sins, he died for your sins, and that there is forgiveness. He came to wash away our sin and shame. And so uh, we shouldn't fall into despair about the issue of abortion. And I'm convinced it's a huge evangelistic opportunity, but the silence from the churches signals one of two things. One, either that abortion is okay, which we know it's not, or two, that abortion is so wrong, so evil, that there is no forgiveness. And it's important that pastors speak and proclaim the truth and pastor and shepherd women through this deep issue. And we know there's studies, there's research on the mental health impacts about of, after an abortion for those who've had ones. 
And so it's important that we point to that hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Well, thanks for joining us for this difficult look at what is actually a beautiful passage of Scripture, um, dealing with a difficult issue, but um, hopefully it will energise us to be doing something about it, uh, not just out there in public, but also in churches and bringing that hope and that forgiveness to all who um, have been touched by abortion. Next time on our podcast, we're going to be looking at Ephesians 5 and looking at uh, the creation of men and women in his image and uh, particularly in the context of marriage. So we're going to be looking at marriage next time on our podcast. Join us then.